This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. This is the Mark Madden Unfiltered Podcast from the Bet Rivers Network. Hey, yo. This is the Mark Madden Podcast on the Bet Rivers Podcast Network. Smoke it right down to the filter. I'm joined now by my co-host, Tom Offerman. Tom, all we talk about here in Pittsburgh is Kenny Pickett. So here goes, is Kenny Pickett improving? And if so, in what ways? And don't use the word moxie. I've heard the word moxie overused as regards to Kenny Pickett. Give me something tangible. So you want me to use the word guile, then? He's got a lot of guile. That was good for Ben because he already had two rings, <laughs> and he won six games in the fourth quarter last year and another in overtime. I don't think guile quite applies to Kenny Pickett yet. He's not getting any better. I worry that he might be getting a little worse. If anything, though, he's just stuck in neutral right now. There's nothing that you see that shows flashes other than the occasional throw here or there that he's going to be a franchise quarterback or even a Kirk Cousins level quarterback. He's yet to show that. Easy. That's the league MVP you're talking about. Uh, Yeah, and the occasional good throw is offset by the more than occasional bad throw. What to your mind right now is Pickett's biggest flaw? I I got a couple, but you go first. I think his accuracy has left him. I thought that that was going to be one of his biggest strengths coming into the season, but he misses a lot of throws. Uh, he overthrows guys. The The first pass of the game uh, against the Saints, he missed Pickens wildly in the middle of the field. It would have been a 15-plus yard gain, just a terrible pass from the quarterback. And he doesn't look comfortable in the pocket. I, I thought that that was something that would be natural for him, having played so much at Pitt and just having spent 48-plus, whatever it was, games manipulating, working a pocket. He looks panicky back there, happy feet, and he bails out of the, a clean pocket way too often. Yeah, to me, that's his biggest weakness and, and very noticeable. He's too easily spooked in the pocket. He's running from pressure that isn't there. He's leaving a safe space and going to a, a space that isn't. And he's a, a one-read quarterback. I, I know that's relatively common with rookies, but he is very clearly and visibly that. Uh, you can see that just watching the network feed. But I do wonder if that's, Matt Williamson brought this up on your show earlier this week, is that designed from the coaching staff to kind of make life easier on Kenny Pickett? I could see that being the case, but at some point, Mark, don't you have to start opening things up for him? And I think at that that one point could have very naturally been after the bye week, he's had four however many games under his belt, gets 14 days to kind of reset things and then start the second half of the season. So I, I could see him maybe being coached to be a one-read guy or having the playbook designed to yeah, be one-read, you, but you, you got to change that you as you progress. You shouldn't be coaching a first-round pick to be a one-read guy. You shouldn't be coaching a first-round pick to be a game manager what, he's played six games so far. It's too early for that. It's too early to concede that. So, uh, 
no matter whose fault it is, the one read stuff, the conservative game plan, uh, that has to be upgraded. Now, would you continue to start Pickett? I, I think they're going to, but I wonder if this experience is helping. There's good experience and there's bad experience. I think so far... Kenny Pickett's primarily absorbed bad experience. No, you make a good case for he's going to develop a lot of bad habits that he's not going to be able to shake by They'll playing right now. They'll become ingrained. They'll become yeah. routine. And I think the the main one will be that happy feet in the pocket, not staying in a pocket, leaving when he has protection and kind of running himself into sacks. That's the big bad habit that's starting to come to fruition with him right now. Um, so, I, I don't know. He's just got to... Uh, he has these bad habits being developed, but I still think you start him now just to kind of see if he can work his way out of it, see if you can start to see some improvement. If we go four or five more weeks and he looks the same where he's still regressing, then you've got a, a big problem on your hands. Yeah, but I don't know if they will acknowledge he's regressing. I, I know the fans won't. I know a lot of the media won't. Uh, I see him regressing uh, right now. Uh, some some better developments from uh, Sunday's win against New Orleans, not least them actually winning. Uh, T.J. Watt played great. Everybody saw that. But DeMonte Casey might have made just as much impact on the defense as T.J. Watt did. Yes, he completely made people forget that Minka Fitzpatrick was out for that game while you were watching the game. He did everything that Minka does pretty much as well as Minka does. He had a great interception. He had that amazingly tough hit that was flagged. Did you think that was a penalty, by the way? I think if that's a penalty, a very similar hit to Najee that went unflagged. Uh, should have been a penalty. I, I, I never have a problem with the way a, a high hit's called, be it in football or hockey, for that matter, as long as it's applied consistently, which it is not, not in either game. No, it's never applied consistently. But yeah, his impact was just as much as Minka Fitzpatrick's. Uh, I'm really excited to see all three of the safeties on the field at the same time. That big nickel that they were, you know, teasing ever since training camp, and they couldn't do it because of Casey's injury and then suspension. Uh, your point on the show, though, about how Minka kind of being out in this game and Casey's performance proves just how non—I don't want to say it's not important, but it's lower on the totem pole of important positions, oh, a like good safety. They're, they're horribly underinvested on the positions that matter, namely uh, quarterback, edge rusher, uh, cornerback, and left tackle. The only one they're invested at adequately is T.J. Watt yeah. at, at edge rusher. Yeah, I think safety is a luxury player at that price, and especially on a team that has so many more burning needs. I think if they could, you know, um, somehow take that money away from Minka, apply it to a left tackle, I think DeMonte Casey could do good enough at that spot. And don't you think that if T.J.'s healthy and the pass rush is, you know, at full strength for the Steelers, that kind of benefits safeties and you don't absolutely have to be that all-pro caliber player to make plays because quarterbacks are going to throw up a lot of ducks. They're going to rush a lot of passes because of the people up front getting home often. So I think that you got a guy in TJ up front. You don't need to make the big splash for that all-pro in your secondary. TJ's play, when healthy, can kind of elevate everybody on the defense around him. Yeah, but they're not building a team. They're collecting football cards. (laughs) Uh, How many more games will the Steelers win? Because they are a bad team with a lot of bad teams on the schedule. When 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 Steeler fans say, well, you know they're going to beat Indianapolis and Atlanta, the fans in Atlanta and Indianapolis yes. are thinking, you know what, we're going to beat Pittsburgh. Yeah, those are both road games too. And I like how people also keep saying, well, they'll get one against the division. 
Because that's how it always works, right? You play tough against the Ravens. Those are always. I don't buy into that. I don't no, think. Me I don't think they're going to win a division. It's, it's game. too simple. Well, I'll tell you what, though. Jumping ahead, Cincinnati ain't yeah. great. They ain't got Jamari's hurt. I wouldn't rule out them beating Cincinnati, which of course would start an avalanche of optimism <laughs> regarding them making the playoffs. So I, I guess that's what we got to root for. I wouldn't rule them beating Cincinnati. Rule out them beating Cincinnati at home either. Cincinnati is coming off of a bye though, and they just destroyed the Carolina Panthers without Jamar Chase before their bye week. And people will say, well, that's the Panthers. They stink. Well, they got the same record as your Steelers. I want to get the hockey here for a second. As we tape this for the Mark Madden podcast, the Penguins are getting ready to host Toronto. When the Penguins were down to three defensemen in Toronto, when the Penguins won um, at the Maple Leafs, and Latang just stayed out there for a while, double shifted, I think even triple shifted once, was out there for about... 90 seconds or or 100 at one clip, it got me thinking. What hockey player could play a, a ton of minutes historically? And here's my top three workhorses in hockey. Uh, number one is Doug Harvey. Played defense for Montreal from 1947 through 1961. No, I never saw him play. He, he won six Stanley Cups with Montreal. He won seven Norris trophies as best defenseman in a row. Uh, he is one of the all-time great defensemen. And if you watch old Stanley Cup highlight films, uh, they're on uh, sometimes in the offseason, late night on the NHL Network, uh, highlights from the Stanley Cup final of each year. If you watch those from the late 50s when Montreal won five in a row, Doug Harvey is out there all the time. Number two, you watch. You can't help but notice they didn't keep minutes played back then if they did. Doug Harvey's minutes played might have been all the time. Uh, number two, Chris Letang of the Penguins. The more he plays, he really does play better, and he still does it at 35. Uh, Tanger is an absolute freak of conditioning. And number three, a, a former Penguin, member of the Hockey Hall of Fame now, Sergei Zuboff, uh, played one year for the Penguins, 1995-96. Uh, Mario didn't like him, so he got traded for Kevin Hatcher. Bad deal there. Uh, the Penguins beat Washington in a four-overtime game in the playoffs in 1996. Peter Nedved scored a winner for the Penguins, and Zuboff played 82 minutes. That's an informal count. Minutes weren't yet officially kept, but those who have watched the video have timed him at approximately 82 minutes. Uh, it was amazing. Zuboff just stayed out there and then stayed out there some more, and then afterwards... He smoked two cigarettes at once in the shower. So much for uh, the tobacco industry uh, being maligned for negative effects on athletes and people in general. Uh, Zuboff had a super hot wife, too. Arguably the hottest penguin wife ever. So that is uh, my first top three of the day. Tom, I want to get back to football. Who's your midseason MVP? Mine was Jalen Hurts until maybe they lost to the Washington right. Commanders, and he didn't have a, a a great game. That said, I'm not counting him out. Uh, maybe Mahomes. Mahomes has quietly kind of launched himself to the front of that pack. Do you feel like Mahomes is going to get that Sidney Crosby, LeBron James treatment where he's the best player every year, but they're just not going to give him the MVP? Could be. 
And I think Could that's be. I think that's going to be the case this year. It's going to be a quarterback because it's always a quarterback. But I look around and there are players not at that position that are making game changing impacts. You're going to hate the first one yeah, that I bring yeah, up. Yeah, but it don't matter because it's not MVQB, not MVP. That's exactly right. But I look at Justin Jefferson in Minnesota. I look at Tyreek Hill in Miami. And actually, now that I say Miami, that's the one I'll go with. I'm going to go with Tua at the midway point. Not not a bad pick. They're seven and zero with him. And recency bias to his games, his stats, his his passer rating lately, it. all just amazing. So yeah, he might. He, and I'm not counting Hurts out for one game. It's funny no. though that Washington ended Pittsburgh at 11 0 a couple years That's ago, right. and and now they cut the Eagles off at the undefeated pass as well. The uh, 72 Dolphins should send the Commanders a couple cigars to help smoke with them. You see Larry Zonka put up a, of course. a, a video on Twitter. <laughs> you know, I'm not sure whether it whether that's being a jerk, whether at this point they're so old, it's kind of cute. Oh, I think you got to still take the victory lap when you're the only team that went undefeated. Who's your midseason coach of the year besides Jeff Saturday? Now, of course, because he's the front runner right now. But that's a tougher question, I think, than MVP. There's a lot of really legit candidates. I think Sirianni kind of shot himself in the foot by losing to the Cummins. I think his well, best and, bet and was going only, undefeated. Not only that, but people expected the Eagles to be good. My two yes. choices are... DeBall from the New York Giants and Pete Carroll from Seattle because nobody saw it coming with those teams. Seattle is unbelievable that they're in the driver's seat for the NFC West when a lot of people predicted that they would be picking number one overall at the beginning of the season. Salah from the New York Jets, too, I think I would put in in that same category. He and Dable, what they've done to both of those New York teams in just a couple years' time. Dable's first year, Salah in his third year, I believe. It's incredible. Who's more likely to fall off, the Giants or Jets? The Giants. The Jets really? all uh, yeah, the Jets I think all the around. Jets are more likely to fall off. The, the really? Giants are just so workmanlike. Do you think the Jets fall off because they're in a tougher conference in the AFC than the Giants? Because I the Giants at seven and two in that NFC, it would take a catastrophic collapse to miss the playoffs. At oh, this they're point. not gonna miss the playoffs. No. But I just think the Jets are a better roster all around. I think they've got a better defense. I think they've got better playmakers. I think Daniel Jones is a smarter quarterback right now than Zach Wilson. I'm not sure if he's better. I think Zach Wilson could could show more improvement between now and season's end than Daniel Jones. True. And the Giants have the best player of either of those teams. And someone that I think is also in the MVP race is Saquon Barkley, who's just been outstanding. Yeah, but he'll get hurt. Always does. Like, like he always does. Uh, yeah, I mean, there are a lot of interesting stories in football. Brady and Rodgers jumped out of the coffin this past uh, weekend, uh, you know, uh, Rodgers had to win. Brady's in a more forgiving division, but now I kind of feel like Brady's going to get in the playoffs. Brady's going to get in. I'm not yet so sure about. He didn't get any favors done by the commies, the commanders winning against the Eagles as well on Monday night because they're a half a game in front of the Packers right now. So it's such a bad conference that even though they're stuck at four and six right now, you'd think they'd be done. They're still alive. I definitely think the Buccaneers are going to make it. They're going to win that South division. But I I still would be confident in the Packers not making the playoffs. I, I think they dug themselves too big a hole. Did you see Giselle has a boyfriend already? Unbelievable. And Brady's supposedly mad about it. Well, she's been taking instruction from him in jiu-jitsu, which means they've already been banging. That's what happens, yes. But, but She's but, had this lined up for months. I don't think Brady has any right to be mad. Of course not. Brady picked football over her, football over his family. And, uh, you know, after all he'd won, all he'd earned, all he'd accomplished, there was no reason for him to do that. So I don't know if, if, you know, put it this way. Giselle has, metaphorically speaking, a pretty hot sports car. And she wasn't going to leave it in the garage. No, I, I like the way you put that. Did you know Brady, ever since the divorce has become final, is 2-0? and 
He was able to put all the off-field stuff behind him. The paperwork was officially signed, and now he can just focus on his first love. He looks like he's lost weight. Like like he's he's worried himself into into dropping some pounds. Did you see when they sent him out for a pass against the Seahawks against what Germany? Were they thinking? What is that idea? They did that in the Super Bowl when he was on the Patriots, and he was like 39 years old. And at that point, I was like, "What are you doing? Sending Grandpa out on a route?" You know that that line I had up at the garage. I I. I was just shy of quoting Ted Nugent's great song, Wango Tango. <laughs> Pretend your face is a Maserati. It's a Maserati. It's a Maserati. And look, there's a garage up ahead, and the damn thing's open. Um, okay, top uh, five guys. You want to go to five guys? I do. All right, today's five guys is TV pitchmen, TV spokespeople. Ooh, I like this. We start with, I think, the only one on my list who's actually still active, or at least I still see him pop up from time to time, and that's Phil Swift. Flex Seal. Oh, okay. See, I might not know the names. You might not know the names, but you'll know the products. Yeah, Flex Seal, that's that rubbery stuff that just fills holes, Yeah, right? remember he's in the boat in the commercial, and he puts the Flex Seal in the bottom of the boat, and he's like, look at me, I'm still afloat even though there's a hole in my boat. The power of Flex Seal. It really is amazing. Are you buying it actually works like that? No chance. That's a trick boat, something like that. Yes, there's no chance that it could support him in a boat in a lake with a hole in the bottom. See, here, here's one from from my youth. Uh, did you ever hear of sea monkeys? No. There was this, these these exotic pets. You added water, and and they appeared in the water. Sea monkeys. They were like a, a variation <laughs> of seahorses. Yeah, uh, Fez bought them on that '70s show. <laughs> Turns out it's just mud. Number two. This is a guy that I wasn't very familiar with, but he's a legend. I do extensive research on these lists, as you well know. I do know and that. And he kept coming up on my research. Ron Papil, Vegematic guy. Wasn't he the pocket fisherman guy as well? Everything like that. He, he had the company called Ronco. They invented a ton of stuff. Chopomatic, Vegematic. But most importantly, he was the inspiration for the Dan Aykroyd character, the Bassomatic. That, that was, <laughs> uh, if only for inspiring the Bassomatic. And that was, it looked like Aykroyd actually dropped a, a fish into the blender. Like a real I, fish? Yeah, a real fish. It was <laughs> grotesque, which, of course, served the cause well. Vince Offer is number three. He's the ShamWow guy. You remember oh the ShamWow? I used to love the ShamWow. Did you have a ShamWow? I still do. Is it work? Um, Not like you'd think. Not like, like, not like Vince Offer's telling you it, it works. It doesn't soak up Lake Erie, but it's pretty effective. Vince Offer, though, he had his career derailed, though. He had a, a lawsuit against him in 2010 for being a creep around a, a co-worker that he had. And in 2009, he was arrested Gee, for— I, I can't believe the ShamWow guy would be in any way cringe. He was arrested in 2009 for uh, an altercation with a prostitute as well. So he's disgraced himself, unfortunately. But not the ShamWow. No, I like the ShamWow still The ShamWow lives on with, with its— uh, uh, You know, it's funny, though. You're amazed by how much it soaks up. And then you think to yourself, well, do I really need something that, that soaks up? <laughs> I mean, it just it's a novelty more than, than How big useful. are your spills, really? Suzanne Summers, the thigh master. No question. She knew how to move product, man. No question. And she was in her probably 40s and 50s when she did that oh. at first. And she was still incredible looking. <laughs> just incredible looking. And, and let's face it, the thigh master, there's a little erotic motion when you use it. Of and she uses it. Actually, she could she could use the bassomatic and it would be <laughs> to some small degree erotic. Love those Thighmaster commercials till this day. And finally, the king, Billy Mays, OxyClean. See, I, I would put... Um, you put Summers in front of Mays? Yes, yeah? yes, yes. I don't know. Billy Mays here. It's so iconic. I, I don't want to sleep with Billy Mays. It's a good point. Uh, yeah, would you I, watch him do the Thighmaster, though? No, I, I wouldn't. In fact, I would. That, that would be a channel changer. That that 
just a great product for Suzanne Summers because let's be honest, great thighs. Right, and all you do is just watch her do the thigh master for 20 seconds at a time on TV. Now, uh, we're not going to talk a ton of penguins uh, other than the uh, the top three list with, with guys who stay out there a lot. By the way, I could have put Alexei Kovlev on that list as well. Uh, at one point when he played for the Rangers, Mike Keenan got mad because he didn't come off for you know the standard length of shift. Right. So he told him to just stay out there. He kept waving him back on the ice. And Kovey stayed out there for like seven minutes and didn't care. And he didn't see any significant drop-off in his play either. Yeah, he played fine. I mean, it's some amazing. guys can just play yeah. a, a, a ton. Um, so uh, the Penguins uh, went two wins and an overtime loss on that road trip. After having lost seven straight, do you feel like they're they're back and playing better, or or well, what was the hiccup? The seven game losing streak, or the or the now three straight games with points? I thought that they had finally you know seen the light in those first two games on the road trip. They got leads and they protected them against the Caps and against the Leafs, and they played for the most part the right way. And then the Montreal game happens on Saturday, and you're confused all over again, right? Yeah, because they they blew a one goal lead three times, and it was the thing that you've said happens since last year, two years ago. They get the goal to go ahead and. 20 seconds later, it seems, the puck's in the back of your own net. Well, well, uh, 40 seconds and 50 seconds, that's how long two of those leads lasted, respectively. So, yeah, I... Uh, so it makes me nervous that that happened against Montreal. I think that might have been... I'm not making excuses on their behalf. Right. But it might have been a combination of they're tired with their second road game in as many nights, having traveled from Toronto, and having played a real tough game there to get a win. And I thought Jari was not very good. Which is what's concerning from what you just said, right? Because he was well-rested. If there was any Penguin that was going to be well-rested and maybe able to steal a game, it was going to be Jari. He missed the last two games. Yeah, uh, I have not been impressed with how he's played. I don't think he's been horrible. But but again, I worry, and I've said this repeatedly. I, I, I've said Deontay Johnson of the Steelers is a stats receiver. Yes, He's going to get X amount of catches, X amount of yards, and they will total up to something you know, at a glance, that's impressive. And then you consider his drops and his lack of touchdowns and his lack of big catches, and you realize he's not worth the, the payday just got. Well, I fear it may be the same with Jari, who's always going to be top 10 in goals against, top 10 in save percentage. He'll get his share of shutouts, but does he steal important games? Does he win big games, period? How many games does he blow? There's more factors than stats. And it's not like DeSmith in the games that he's played has really wowed you, right? Where it's like, wow, he's the main reason that they've won. He's just been solid in the net. It's not like he's been stealing games like you're illustrating you need Jari to do. So I don't think you're ready to you know, say we've got a controversy on our hands. Is DeSmith really your number one? Because you kind of need Jari to be your number one, right? I don't think you can make it far with DeSmith as your number one. The players wouldn't have any faith in DeSmith as a number one. Once the playoffs started and things no, got real? Oh, period. Okay. I mean, unless he got in there due to injury. Right. But, but, if, but if Sullivan uh, anointed DeSmith number one, and, and I don't think there's a goaltending controversy, despite DeSmith having played two games straight on the road, which I didn't see. I thought Jari would play the first game and the third game of that road trip, or maybe the first and second, with DeSmith playing one game because the back-to-backs on on Friday and Saturday, right. but, but you know, it's, it, I think if if Sullivan anointed the Smith number one, it wouldn't be long before you know somebody like Sid went in there and said, "What are you doing?" You, you know, not not to show lack of faith in the Smith, but just not at that level, right? Uh, and, and you know, there are some who think that Sullivan's trying to give Jari a kick up the backside by starting the Smith those two straight games. If he is, that won't work because Jari knows he's better than the Smith. He, you know, if if the Smith is a threat, 
It's a very artificial one contrived by the coach. He's not a threat in talent or play. One Penguin, not to switch it from the goalies, but one Penguin that I've noticed early this year that I'm really impressed with, and he's trying his damnedest to get hurt, but he just won't, is Jason Zucker. He always comes on the bench. You feel like he's got something wrong. You think it's going to be time for well, that, him to miss weeks. He, he plays hell-bent for leather. But you got to give him credit. And him and Malkin have a little bit of chemistry, I think, developing between each other. I think they play together well, and I think Raquel is fitting in on that line well, too. I would have liked to see Raquel Crosby Gensel for a little bit longer than we did, but you know who makes the decision there. Well, who at least makes the suggestion there, and Sid's very comfortable with Rust and Gensel. Brock McGinn with goals in three consecutive games going into the home game against Toronto. I'm talking about it now because I think by the time people hear this, <laughs> that streak will be over. But but you got to appreciate those while they last because they, they, they do and have contribute to winning when a, a bottom six rises up and puts some numbers on the board. The cliche thing to say when a team is struggling is you need to get more out of the bottom six. Did you ever feel in their losing streak that they weren't getting enough from their bottom six? I've never felt that the bottom six is a problem. I, I think that's a convenient thing for yes. the marks to... To, to prattle on about when their heroes don't do as well as they should. But but make no mistake, and I've said this repeatedly, Tom, this is about 87, 71, and 58. Uh, everything that happens is their responsibility because, again, repeating myself, uh, they got what they wanted. Uh, let's wrap up with another top three list. Perfect. Uh, top three ugly guys with hot girlfriends. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and there are a lot of those, but these are three that I, I, I think uh, – Stand head and shoulders above the rest. I'm going to go in in ascending order. Okay. Number three is Seal. Uh, he's hideously scarred on his face. Yes. And he married Heidi Klum, who is just incredible looking to this day, even like probably, what, late 40s, maybe even 50 by now. And it's my understanding Steel got those, um, Seal got those scars because he was mauled by wolves in in the movie Pop Star. Which we know is a documentary. Yes. Right, exactly. Remember, Seal goes those effing wolves, and then bang, the wolf hits him as he as he's talking to uh, the Andy Samberg. Uh, number three, Billy Joel, married Christy Brinkley. I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah, and uh, uh, not married anymore. But Billy Joel looked and looks like the guy in the song Piano Man. Like if you hear the song Piano Man, you're thinking, okay, Billy Joel looks like that. And it turns out he does. You know, some some drunk. Broke, playing for tips, piano loser, ratty hair. That right, doesn't right. Keep... Now that's not what he is. He's one of the most successful musicians of all time. But that's what what that song sounds like and what he looks like. A common theme so far in your two guys: hell of musicians. If you can play an instrument, you can sing really well. You'll go a long way in the dating game. No question. And and to show that acting and being funny helps too. Number one is undoubtedly Pete Davidson. That guy's unbelievable, man. Who, who's he banged? Uh, He's been with Kate Beckinsale. He's been with Kim Kardashian. He's been with Ariana Grande. He's been with Larry David's daughter, who's not bad looking herself. Wasn't he married to Ariana Grande, however, briefly? I don't know if he ever married Ariana Grande or not. He is now with Emily Radzikowski, who, the who supermodel. Is, who Insanely is incomparably hot. good looking. It's insane. She was in uh, the Entourage movie. Yes. Remember, she was the cause of uh, bad feeling between between <laughs> Haley Joel Osment and Army Hammer. Remember? Yeah, but also Haley Joel Osment's character was obsessed with her in that movie. Remember him? He was the one that was trying to like fund. Oh, the that's movie right. That's right. Yeah, and he was obsessed that's with right. Emily. Yeah. So uh, you know, although to be fair, maybe Emily Ratajkowski's reaching for a falling star too. Because is she still as big a deal as she was? No, I think she peaked in that Blurred Lines video when she was in that Robin Thicke music video and she was naked. 
That's where her peak was. And she's even, just roll, rolling off of that. I didn't even then. know Robin Thicke had a music video. I'm not sure who Robin Thicke is. Is that Alan Thicke's kid? You've heard. The, it is. The and you've Canadian heard, Tacos? Yes. And you've heard the song. How's it go? I've got these blurred lines. I, hey, hey, hey. I'm not hey, sure. Hey, I, hey. I'm not sure I've heard it. My, I'll show you the video. You'll love the video. And my rendition of Wango Tango was much better. <laughs> Wango tango, wango tango, wango 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 tango 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 tango. Ah! Uh, yeah, Pete Pete Davidson. He's horrifically ugly. He looks like the killer in a horror movie. Do you think he's that funny either? Obviously, the women think he's funny, and I I understand he has a following. On SNL, he had good timing. I, I agree with that. that. But as far as like that. Next SNL breakout into movie stardom guy, he's not there. He doesn't have that kind of cachet. He's been in movies, but I don't think any big hits, any big comedic, you know, home runs. Uh, do you think he has it where the ladies like it if you get my drift? I think he does. I, you know, I, I, it's the most reasonable, but I mean, <laughs> it makes the most sense, yes. Well, you'd like to think there's more to life than that, but, but frankly, there isn't. <laughs> that is Tom Offerman. I'm Mark Madden. This is the Mark Madden Podcast on the Bet Rivers Podcast Network. Don't forget, bet now from anywhere. Catch new episodes of Mark Madden Unfiltered every week. Available on the Bet Rivers Network, betrivers.com, and wherever you find your podcasts.